Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Open your Bible to the gospel according to Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter number one. I want to talk for just a few minutes today, right here in the Christmas season, about asking the right question. You know, I have three kids. They're great. One of them was just playing the keyboard right there. And every time, or, or at least once in each one of their lives, in each one of their lives, I've said to them, respectfully, baby, you don't know the right question to ask, because there's certain things that you got to get to a certain vantage point before you can see the rest of the valley. Does that make sense? So uh, one of the greatest things you can do if you're looking to learn from somebody is not necessarily come up with your favorite questions, even though, you know, we ought to be able to ask questions and ask questions and all that. But sometimes you need somebody that will just speak into your life what you need to know without you knowing the question. Matter of fact, uh, uh, I feel like... Uh, the times in my life where the Lord just flows the freest are not the times when I ask him specific questions. When I ask specific questions, I usually get very specific answers. But when I ask him, what do I need to know? When I ask him, where do I need to be? When I ask him, what, what are you looking for? Here's a dangerous one. You ready? What needs to change? You got to ask the right questions if you want the right answers. You got to realize God's not looking from your view. You've been through some things. You don't understand why you've been through some things. And I'm here to tell you, the Bible's true. And some of the stuff that you're going through, you're not going to find out why you went through it till you get to glory. Some of the stuff, five, ten years from now, you'll be able to look back and go, oh my goodness gracious. I'm so glad that I endured that so that I could experience this. It's just the way of it in the kingdom. Matter of fact, there's very few people in the Bible you can read about that didn't have problems. If they didn't have problems, they didn't last long. Because God's not looking for people who cannot endure. He's looking for people who will endure through the trial. So you've got to ask the right questions. Come on, bump your neighbor and just say, ask the right question. Sometimes what you go through, you, you have no idea why you're going through it. You just know you're going through it. We, 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 uh, we're going to... I was going to go out and, and celebrate with Pastor Reggie Steele for his birthday. And I was just going to take Crystal. We we're going to make it a quick trip, just kind of overnight there and back. And, and my kids, who are like crazy faith, particularly uh, the young one, wanted this one thing. She said, Daddy, I want to go to uh, Arizona with you. I said, well, you're not going to Arizona with us, so praise the Lord. <laughs> Next day, she comes downstairs and says, Daddy, I'm packed. I said, packed for what? She said, Arizona. I said, well, we're not, you're not going to Arizona. She said, okay, Daddy. Next day, she comes down. She says, Daddy, I can't wait to see cactuses. She says, what cactuses are you going to see? She said, the ones in Arizona. When we go to Arizona, Pastor Steele's birthday, it's going to be incredible. She said, she said, I said, baby, you're not going to Arizona. She said, okay, Daddy. Next day, she said, Daddy, you got our tickets yet? I said, to what? You going to the movies? She said, to Arizona. We're going to Arizona. Pastor Steele's birthday. I can't wait to see the cactus. I've been, I've been, I've been learning about cactus, Dad. I got online, pop, 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 book the tickets. <laughs> we get to the, to the house we rented. 
Get get in there. I told the kids, y'all wait right here. We're going to the grocery store. We're going to get some groceries real quick because that's kind of how we like to stay when we go out of town with the kids. We like to get a little house. That way we can cook our own food. Some of y'all might not like cooking. We like cooking, praise the Lord. So we went off to the grocery store, come back, and, and one of my oldest said, Dad, you know what Trinity said to us while you were gone? I said, what? She said, you're welcome. <laughs> we said, for what? She said, for getting y'all to Arizona. <laughs> so we go to Arizona. Now, it was going to be Crystal and me. We we're just going to make a quick trip out of it. It was going to be just, you know, there and back and whatever. But now the kids are there. I'm going to show them the desert. I want to show them the cactus. want to do all these kind of things. Got a bunch of flashlights. Went out in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the night, so we could look at all the stars and try to find scorpions and tarantulas and all the things that are in the, in the desert. Sounds fun, right? We got out there. And one of the things, we said, you know what, let's go do a desert tour. So I booked this desert tour for the family. Now, uh, I did mention earlier it had machine guns with it, praise the Lord. Did I mention that? So we went on this desert tour with machine guns. We have a great time. We, we, we meet the, the, the tour guide. He's a, he's a veteran and we're talking all this other stuff and we just have a great time. And, and then we're about to leave and all of a sudden I felt the atmosphere just shift. I was like, I'm going to get you. I said, my brother, I said, we really enjoyed the tour. Thank you very much. Matter of fact, appreciate it. You kind of went over and above, over and beyond it. It just really blessed us and everything like that. Let me ask you something. You know, how, how are you in God? Do you, do you have a relationship with God? It's so funny you should ask me that. I've had a lot of questions lately. I said, well, let me help you with that. Is there anything I can do for you? He goes, he goes well, uh, you know, what do you know about God? I, I, I can see you know your way around a machine gun. <laughs> well, what do you know about God? I said, you'd be surprised. So we talked for a few minutes. I laid the gospel out to him real simple and plain. He was familiar with Jesus. But I said, would you like to give your life to him for the first time or rededicate your life? You know, the Bible says you have to be born again. I don't know if you don't know if you're born again. I, I'm happy to pray with you. I said, no pressure, but I'm happy to pray with you. He said, I'd really like that. And so there we were standing in the middle of the snoring desert. Me, Crystal, Haley, Walker, Trinity, and this young man. Praying the prayer of salvation. What I'm trying to say is, only at that moment did I realize I never would have booked the tour if I hadn't taken the kids. And if I hadn't have booked the tour, that young man would have still, would still be in uncertainty. You don't know why you're going through or making decisions you're making right now sometimes until the rearview mirror shows you. It's just the way of it. So while you're going through life, listen to me, ask the right questions. Luke chapter one. The Bible says Zacharias, he was a man that that served God, him and his wife, Elizabeth, and they wanted a baby, but Elizabeth couldn't have a baby and they were both very old. And the scripture says that an angel appeared to Zacharias who was working at the temple. Verse 11. An angel appeared to the Lord, appeared of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. So he's just going about his duties, serving at the first touch team. And all of a sudden an angel shows up. And the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Somebody say heard. You've never prayed a prayer God didn't hear. You've never prayed a prayer God didn't hear. I was with a friend of mine uh, uh, recently, and 
he's kind of going through some stuff and he was just kind of talking about it. And he sent me this really long text message. He said, man, just thank you for listening. I don't know about you. Sometimes there's just value in knowing you're heard. The angel of the Lord says, God has heard God has heard your prayer and your wife, Elizabeth, is going to give you a son and you're going to call his name John and you will have joy and gladness. Somebody say joy. You're going to have joy and gladness and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He'll neither drink wine nor strong drink and he'll be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many, somebody say many, Many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord your God. Now, the reason I point out the word many there is because it doesn't say all. You got to stay committed to the cause even if you understand everybody's not going to follow the Lord. It's a beautiful story. I told there about the young man that gave his heart to God. Well, on, on Saturday, we were supposed to fly out. Yesterday, we were supposed to fly out. And we got to the airport about 6.30 in the morning. And we got on the plane, got everything situated. We sat on in the airplane for an hour, hour and a half. And all of a sudden, they say what nobody wants to hear. I'm sorry, your flight has been canceled. Apparently, there was a storm in Houston. So we're sitting there and it's like, oh my gosh, uh, what are we going to do? Whatever. So we jump up like everybody else in the plane. We go, they tell us, you got to go get your bags, go get your checked bags and then go, uh, uh, you're going to have to book another flight. So I'm walking out and, and we're going to, to the uh, ticket counter. And they said to me, they, uh, I got a text message on my phone that says, you've been rebooked. Now, I don't know about you, but I walk in a lot of favor, and I thank God for it. We got rebooked, and it was on a, a Southwest Airlines flight. And the way that they load those flights up is by by number and by by letter and number. So the A group goes first. So A1's the first person on the plane, and then it goes down uh, letter and number after that. And so I'm sitting there, and the one thing I don't want is to sit separate from my children on the plane. I'm just not comfortable with that. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not worried. It's just not my preference, praise the Lord. One day I'm going to have my own plane. You watch. But I was sitting there. Oh, thank you for that in Jesus name. So I was sitting there and we got, we got, uh, uh, almost to the ticket counter and I'm about to, you know, uh, have a conversation with them that, you know, 150 or however many people's on the plane is about to have with them. So it's not like I'm the only one, but I'm about to have the conversation. My phone goes off in my pocket. It says, your flight has been rebooked. And I said, well, they better not have separated us. I punched the button. It says, you guys are number A1, A2, A3, A4, and A5. I don't know about you, but I was thanking God. I said, well, I'll tell you what, let's do. Let's just check our luggage. Now, the flight that we were rebooked for was like eight hours later. I said, let's just recheck our luggage now, and then we'll go back to town, and we'll go get something to eat and hang out, maybe shop a little bit. And so we go to check our bags, and they said, I'm sorry, you can't check your bag until four hours before the flight. So now I'm like, well, we still want to go to town. We don't want to sit in this airport for the next eight hours. So I hired a vehicle to drive us around, put all of our, our, our luggage in us, and I tell you what, I said, if you'll just stay with our luggage while we eat and shop. The guy says, no problem. I said, do you know the Lord? He said, absolutely. And we had a conversation about the Lord Jesus Christ. Felt very comfortable out leaving my bags, left my bags. We went to a good place to eat called Grimaldi's. I'm going to need a minute. I'm back. If you haven't had Grimaldi's pizza, Jiminy Cricket. It's worth the price of admission. So I got this dude to take us to Grimaldi's. We're sitting there eating our pizza. We come out and I said, hey, uh, to the waiter, I said, before we walked out to the waiter, I said, hey, I said, where's a good place to get some ice cream around here? I said, I don't want my caloric intake to get too low. 
He goes, well, he said, there's a hogging doss right across the street. I said, okay. He said, don't go there. I said, okay. He said, what you want to do is you want to find the sugar bowl. It's in Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Arizona. It's like 60 something years old. It's some famous, like, think like old school diner, you know, tall glass cups, long spoons, you know, uh, whipped cream cherry, that kind of thing. It was, it was incredible. So we walk around for, I don't know, two minutes and, and immediately knew we needed ice cream. So we went to the sugar bowl. We get in the sugar bowl. We eat our ice cream. The guy walks up to me. He says, Hey, uh, you're going to love our ice cream. It's from Texas. I said, you better be careful with what comes out of your mouth next. He said, yeah. He said, it's, it's actually called Blue Bell. I said, oh, mi gente. I said, we love Blue Bell. I said, matter of fact, we're half an hour from Blue Bell. Praise the Lord. He said, he said, oh, you're going to love our ice cream then. I said, okay. I said, so we had our ice cream and all of a sudden uh, connected to the restaurant, connected to the little ice cream parlor is a, an arcade, like an old school arcade, like, like the ski ball and the, the pinball and, and air hockey. It, it was, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. The kids wanted to go in there. And so Crystal said, Hey, let's let the kids play in the arcade for a while. I said, praise the Lord, play in the arcade for a while. So I don't know. They won a bunch of stuff. You know, they got the tickets and whatnot. So they won some bouncy balls. And I think Walker got some Chinese handcuffs. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those. So we spent about $735 and we won a bouncy ball and some Chinese handcuffs. Praise the Lord. There's only so much skee-ball I can take. So after a few minutes, I'm sitting there. I'm going, okay, you guys enjoy this. Dad's going to go sit outside. So I went and sat outside. There was a park bench sitting there, and I sat down on the park bench. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody playing guitar. It was okay. It wasn't great. It certainly wasn't Jamie Wilson. So I'm now really missing New Heights because I'm listening to this person play the guitar. But I can't figure out where they are. I'm like, where is this noise coming from? I'm starting to think it's a speaker. And then I look, and right around this trash can, sitting next to the park bench, there's a little girl sitting on the ground playing guitar. Fingernails filled with God knows what. Looking like the world had chewed her up, spit her out six times that day. I said, excuse me, ma'am. I said, would you tell me your story? Her eyes welled up. She said, you don't want to know my story. I said, yes, I do. She's probably 22, 23. Looked about 35, though. Because of life. I said, how did you get here? She said, well, I'm from New Jersey. I made my way through Louisiana and Texas. All these different things. I said, well, I said, do you have a plan for your life? I'm just going to play my guitar. I said, well, I'm glad. I said, I'm enjoying it. Thank you for playing it. I said, but if I may just interject, it seems like everything's not working. Like it could. Her eyes, you know, she's fighting back tears because, you know, who wants to be emotional with a guy sitting on a park bench waiting on his kids to finish playing skee ball at an arcade? She said, Well, you know, I I respect everybody. I I said, I'm not asking about respect. I said, I think you're very respectful. I said, I I hope you know I'm respectful. I said, I'm not trying to point anything out. I said, I'm just telling you, you're sitting on the ground playing a guitar, hoping somebody walks by and throws a quarter in your cup. So there's another way to live. There's actually the only way to live. She looks at me. She goes, oh, you're one of them. Now I see the hat. Because I was wearing a love people and pointing to Christ hat. I said, yeah, I guess I'm one of them. I said, if by one of them you mean somebody that Jesus has changed, 
that Jesus has rescued, that Jesus has ransomed. I said, the man that's sitting here now is not the man I was. I said, God changed my life. I said, and he loves you very, very much, and he would do the same for you. She said, me and Jesus are cool. I said, I doubt it. She said, ah. I said, I'm not trying to be ugly. I said, I just have to tell you what the Bible says. I said, if you have not asked him to be in your heart and be your savior, cool is not the word. Does he love you? Sure, he loves you. He loves all of us. But all of us have sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. And there has to be a price paid for that. And that's what Jesus did. And that's how, there, I said, there's story after story of people just like you and me that God reaches down into the miry clay of our life that if we're really honest, we helped fabricate. And he picks us up. And he sets our feet on a solid rock. I said, he'll just give you a new way. About that time, there's people gathering all around us, you know. So I got kind of two options. I can either shut up or keep going. You know me. (laughs) I just start talking louder. She's looking at me, and I could tell she's very nervous. I said, I'm not trying to put pressure on you. I said, I'm just telling you. I said, I'm not even supposed to be sitting here right now. I didn't go into full detail, but I'm supposed to be in Texas. And here I am sitting on this bench listening to a mediocre guitar player and telling her about Jesus. I said, God's trying to get a message to you. And the message is that he loves you, that his son died for you. And if you'll give him your life, he will give you life. She said, she said, okay, 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 look. I'll tell Jesus you said hi. I pulled my wallet out. I gave her $20. I said, if you talk to him, tell him about you. My kids came out and walked away. Many were turned to God. Not everybody. Don't you stop witnessing because you swing and miss. You don't know. I don't know. Maybe she, she, she left there and, and the Shekinah glory of God and Gabriel, the angel himself, met her on the way to wherever she was going to sleep and said, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. She fell on her knees, lifted her hands, gave her life to Jesus. Or maybe she just played guitar all day and nothing happened. But one plants. Yes. One waters. Yes. And God gives the increase. Yes. The reason I tell that story is the first one with the tour guide was had a beautiful ending that we could see. The next one, it's one of those dot, dot, dot endings. Don't stop celebrating and serving God just because it doesn't seem like it's working. The Word of God cannot fail. And the Bible says many It doesn't say all. So the scripture says, uh, you'll have joy and gladness. Many will rejoice at his birth. Verse 16, and many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord. Verse 17, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias or Elijah and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, Whereby shall I know this? One translation says, How can I be sure? I'm an old man and my wife is well stricken in years. First off, you called yourself old and called your wife stricken. That's kind of messed up. 
Somebody say, ask the right question. He said, how do I know this is going to happen? Listen, when it comes to the word of God, you got to believe the word of God because it's the word of God. Now, I'm not going to take too long on this right here. But, but if you have a scripture, you don't even need anybody to agree with you. Jesus is your savior. He is your king. He is your friend. And he is your brother. And his word, he is already in agreement with. So if you agree with his word, you got you and Jesus Christ agreeing with the word. You don't need somebody to agree with you if the Bible says it. You need to stand on the word of God if the Bible says it. Zachariah said, how can I be sure? Now think about this for a minute. I didn't teach this in the first service. Think about this for a minute. Zacharias was well-aged, clearly served God, was faithful to the house of God, was faithful to church. And the first thing he said is, how do I know this is going to happen? Now picture this. He's in church. He's the only one standing there. And all of a sudden, Gabriel, the angel of God, is standing next to him with a message. And he struggled to believe it. When you're going through life, Ask the right questions. He says, how do I know this is even the way that it's going to happen? And the angel answered to him, said, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of Almighty God. And I was sent to speak unto you and to show you these good tidings. In other words, do you know who I am? He said, I stand in the presence of God. If I'd have told the sky to be green, the sky would be green. If I'd have told the mountains to shrink, the mountains would have crumbled. I stand in the presence of God and I say what God said. And you stand there asking me, how do you know? It's because God said it. That's how I know. There's got to be a belief structure in the Word. You know, Jesus was only on the planet for about 33 years. Now he's seated next to the Father making for, making intercession for you and for me. But the Bible says he left his Word with us indefinitely. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but the earth, but the Word will never pass away. you got to get to the place where the Word of God is the settling factor in your life. If nobody else believes it, I'm going to believe the Bible. Did God create it all in six days? Yes. How? God did it. How you know? The Bible. Did Noah really build an ark? Sure did. What was in it? All the animals. How did they get in there? Two by two. How do you know? God said it. Cough, cough, cough. I'm not feeling well. I'm healed by the stripes on Jesus' back. How do you know it? God said it. Therefore, I believe it. Well, what about this symptom? It hasn't leave. The symptom is a lie. The symptom is a problem. But my God's word will never fail. Well, what if you die with the symptom? I ain't taking it to heaven. I promise you that. How do you know? Because God's word is true. I'm not backing off the Bible. They don't want you to preach the Bible at work. You preach the Bible anyway. They don't want your children to pray at school. Your kids pray at school anyway. Don't you ever let anybody take the Bible out of your hand or take the Bible out of your heart. Because if you don't have the word of the living God, you literally don't have the answer you need. But if you got the word, 
If you have one Bible left among you, if you got a John 3.16, if you got a Philippians 4, if you got a 3 John, if you got an Isaiah 53, then you know that you know that you know God's going to make a way where there was no way. You say, how do I know? The Bible says it. Well, how do you believe the Bible? Same way you believe anything else. Teach kids to believe in Easter bunnies and Santa Clauses? And you can't believe the Bible? Are you... Almost said, are you crazy? The Bible is the truth. Everything else might be true, but the Bible is true. And you stand on the Word. He said, I am God. Stand in the presence of Almighty God. Don't you know who's coming to earth? I just told you your son, who God's going to make able to be in the womb of your wife, is going to prepare the way for El Señor de Señores, the Lord of Lords. I just told you he's going to make a way where there was no way. I just told you he's going to prepare the way for the king. I just told you, don't you look at me like that. I almost think Gabriel's like this. God, maybe you should have got somebody else. He said, but I tell you what. He said, because you don't believe me. He said, behold, you're going to be dumb. I think he might have been dumb before. I'm going to go to heaven. Look, I'm going to be like you, Peter. He's like, no, I'm Zacharias. Why you call me dumb? I'm surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you know. He said, you're not going to be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Come on, if you can't say what God said, don't say nothing. If you can't say what God says, don't say nothing. He said, because you did not believe my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Somebody say season. There's always a season. Zacharias was not wrong for questioning God. He was wrong for asking the wrong question. How do I know this is going to come to pass? Scroll down just a little bit. Let's start around verse 34. That same angel, we believe, came and visited Mary. And the Bible says, oh, you know what? Let's go to 30. I like this part. The angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, you have found favor with God. You're going to conceive in your womb, conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and he shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said this, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The power of the high shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Behold your cousin Elizabeth. She's also conceived a son in her old age. She's in her sixth month right now and she was barren before. But with God, verse 37, nothing shall be impossible. Verse 38, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Listen to, the, listen to this. Be it unto me according to thy word. 
being unto me according to thy One more time, real strong. Being unto me according to thy Being unto me according to thy Not according to how I feel. Not according to what's popular. Not according to the political party that I prefer to vote for. Not according to what I can see with my eyes. According to thy You got to ask the right question. The older gentleman, clearly committed to the house of God, had been serving God for a long time because you wouldn't have had the job that he had if he hadn't been proven. The first thing he wanted to know is, how do I know this is going to happen? And yet this young girl who hadn't had time to be calloused with religion... When the angel said to her, you're going to have a baby and his name's going to be Jesus. He's going to be the son of God. She didn't say, how do I know it's true? She just said, how's that going to happen? You can question God all you want, but you got to ask the right question. Don't ask God if he's capable. Don't ask God if his word's going to come true. Ask God, how do you play a part? God, you want me to throw a rock at that giant? You want me to throw a rock at that giant? Lord, I brought some rocks. I've got rocks in my pocket right now. You want me to throw a rock at that giant? How are we going to make this thing? How are we going to do this thing, Lord God? How are we going to get out of here? You see all these people? I know you got to let them die. How are we going to do it, Lord? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walk into the fiery furnace and say, how are you going to deliver us, God? Is this our day? Are we going to, mar- are we going to become martyrs today? Are we going to see you face to face? What's going to happen right now, God? How are you going to do it, God? You're going to make all these people drop dead around us? You're going to throw ice in the fire? What's going to happen, God? I know you're going to do it. 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 How are you going to do it, God? When are you going to do it, God? Where are we going to do it, God? But don't you ask God if he's going to do it. You ask him how you get involved. You got to ask the right question. You, you, got, you got to ask the right question. Listen to this. He said, how do I know God's word is true? And Gabriel muzzled him. Listen to me. Don't let your doubt and unbelief come out of your mouth. Or God will silence you so that his plan comes to pass. Have you ever felt like you're in a room and just nobody's listening? Have you ever felt like you're in an environment and just nobody's listening? Now, if you're real honest, transparency, if you're real honest, is it because you are going to bring value? Or was it because God wasn't sure what would come out of your mouth? The most influential people that I know usually say the least. I was with my uncle not too long ago. He's pastored for over 30 years. He's a man of God at the highest level. I watched him bury his 18-year-old daughter. Never doubt God, never question God from a standpoint of, is he God and did you do this or any of that stupidity? God does not kill children. We live in a cursed realm. I watched this man of God endure, 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 endure. And sometimes I'm with people and I listen to them ask questions and I say, you don't even know the right question. You're asking questions that are really trying to tell people what you know. When you should just say, what do I need to know? Because when you get to a certain place, 
there's a part of the horizon you can't see. And the only way to know what's on the other side of the hill is to get there yourself or listen to somebody who is there. You got to ask the right questions. And most of the time, the question to ask is, what needs to change in me? What is the dam that I have built in my life that is stopping me from hearing your voice more clearly? One of the most important things you can ever do in your life is share who Jesus is to you. Most religious people I know spend all day asking the wrong questions while somebody with filthy fingernails who may or may not know his name is playing the guitar next to the bench they are sitting on. If you're going to be kingdom and give God what he wants, I can tell you what he wants more than anything else is people. If you're born again, I want you to just lift one hand. If you love the Lord Jesus, every person who lifted their hand, it is now not just your opportunity, it is your responsibility to share who Jesus is with everyone you know. This is so different than the first service. And if you don't, you might be getting everything you want, but you're not giving God what He wants. All the blessings are nice, all the increase that comes with serving Him, and it should, and it does. But if you ask the right questions, you'll get the right answers. It's not, how do I know your Bible's true? It's, how are you going to use me in the process? What can I do today? You're coming into 2022. You believe that, 2022? What if you just set aside all of your doubt thoughts and all of your doubt questions and decide, I'll let him answer those when, I'm, when he knows I'm ready to hear it. And I'm going to ask the questions that got the biggest moves of God instigated in society. Lord, would you place in me a new heart? <laughs> Lord, can I see your glory? Is there something in me that displeases you? Christians should not be asking what can we do and still be a Christian. Because the mentality is wrong. The mentality is what can I get away with? How can, how's as far as I can get away from statutes and still be saved? The question should be, 
What do I still need to lay aside to make it where there's no air between us, God? Speak to me when I walk down the street and when I wake up in the morning and visit me in my dreams. Is there something in my life that has become a blockade that I need to lay down, that I need to set aside? Is there something about me? Is there a way that I do things? Is there a way that I talk? What is it, God, that can make me more like you? These are the questions. These are the questions that revival rides in on. These are the questions that change people from being Christians to being evangelical Christians, which is not a descriptive word that should be isolated to only a pocket of Christians. It is a descriptive word of what every Christian ought to be doing, evangelizing the world. Or if you do not, then you do not care that the people around you are bleeding and dying. And at the trumpet's call, when you elevate and meet Jesus in the sky, there will be many that will have no idea what's happening and be criticized and be sent to a sinner's hell because somebody didn't be somebody wasn't bold enough to share Jesus. All it will cost you is everything. And all you will get in return is more than you could ask or think. You want to see miracles? You got to jump on the water. You want to see somebody healed? You got to declare it. You want to see somebody born again? You got to find somebody that's lost. My kids, I'm so proud of them all the time. That's why I talk about them so much. They don't embarrass me. And we had like an 18, let's see, we started at 5 o'clock in the morning. We got home at... Yeah, so we had a 20-hour day yesterday. Just back and forth, bags, bags, airports, airports. We got to Houston. We had to wait two and a half hours for our bags in Houston. It's crazy. I never said a thing. I talked to him at the airport. I said, listen, the way you handle things like this is you just got to go bite by bite. Because we don't know what the next thing's going to be. We're going to have to make a decision once we get a little bit more information. I don't know how we're going to get home, when we're going to get home. I said, we'll just go bite by bite. And he just, don't worry about it. He said, yeah. My oldest Haley looks at me and says, Daddy, it's probably because somebody's going to get born again today. I said, you're probably right. She said, maybe this guy. I said, no, I don't want that guy born again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got to ask the right questions. You got a Zacharias, who, by the way, he came out of it really good. He served God in silence. Mm. If I had time, I'd preach about your silent season. He served God in silence. And at the right moment, at the right time, his tongue was loosed. But there's a Mary anointing that can get on you that just says, at thy word. Oh, well, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but I've read it. Well, nobody in my family. I'm the first one saved. Well, praise the Lord. You're the first of many. Well, I don't know. I've done so much. What could be, listen, respectfully, I don't want to pick on Zacharias. What could be more insulting to Gabriel? 
It's almost like he's like, you got some ID? <laughs> How do I know this is true? Gabriel's like, uh, I'm glowing. I wasn't here and I am here. Ask the right question. You get the right answer. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.